0: G'day listeners, Hef here. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I am joined by Lee Drennan from We Got The Chocolates podcast. For those who haven't heard of it before, it's a bit of a sports podcast mixed with a bit of banter between mates as well. So he joins me as a Brisbane supporter for this episode. But before we begin, I'd like to read out 10 of our gold members who support the show. Uh, So this week's members are Henry King, Dylan Brooks, Nick Pedden, John O'Hartley, Zach Acott, Parker Reeve, Dale Watson, Ben Blake, Adrian Dark, and Mark Reed. Thank you to those members for supporting this show and keeping it afloat. If you wish to sign up and support the show and get access to all of our great premium resources, click the link in the description below and you can sign up there. All right, let's get on with the show. Hi, listeners and welcome to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined this week by Lee Drennan from We Got The Chocolates podcast. How you going, mate?
1: Hey, Hef. Very well. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Not a problem, man. Nah. Now, can we start? Probably, there's probably a few of our listeners, I don't know how they haven't, but there might be a few listeners out there that don't know of We Got The Chocolates podcast. Do you want to talk us through it? <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that's definitely fair. Um, <laughs> we we do have a podcast and it probably started out uh, like most podcasts where you just felt like it was COVID and you needed something to do and you felt like you were really entertaining. And so started making a podcast we didn't really have any idea about what it was sort of about or anything and then uh in more recent times I guess we yeah we we have a podcast where we talk about just uh we play games we tell jokes and talk about the things that made us laugh during the week so um it's yeah it's a lot of fun it it sort of took a while probably to when was COVID 2019 I guess so yeah
0: 2020
1: so it's been going for a while um and I feel like now we probably have some understanding of of why we do it and <laughs> what we do. Uh, but for the first probably year and a half, I don't think we did. We just <laughs> grabbed a mic on a Monday night and off we went. Well, yeah, like it seems to be this crossover
0: between like sport and comedy. Like when I first started listening, it was more of a, a sport thing. But now it seems to be just kind of, yeah, like locker room chat. Is that what you guys describe it as?
1: Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, what it is. Except I feel like sometimes when you say locker room chat, it gets real negative connotations. Yeah, our form of humour <laughs> is just very stupid like obviously dad jokes and and yeah very harmless but uh i guess it's for like the kid in every adult we, we find stupid things funny and hopefully some other people do as well
0: <laughs> well speaking of the jokes and stuff i did see you recently uh telling jokes to australian cricketers um and the, if you haven't seen that video go and check it out but nathan lyon is brutal to you guys i don't think he laughs once and rates your jokes all about a one out of ten so how was that
1: experience yeah correct that was he i I don't think i'd be in trouble for saying that he wasn't in the greatest state when we got there because the test match had finished the day before where they won against south africa and so everyone was fairly happy and jovial i would assume the night before so (laughs) when we rocked up i wouldn't suggest that he was the one that sort of uh if you look in the video Marnus looks very up and about which is fairly you know fairly consistent of his personality yeah that's right uh Nathan Lyon didn't and never at any stage looked like that or that he wanted to be there or that he was enjoying it. So I think the last thing he wanted to hear were was sort of some dad jokes. But I then think he just leaned on that, you know, that you know how in every sort of it, like Australia's got talent or any of those, nah, the voice sort of there's always one judge that's like a real harsh critic. Yep. I think Nathan Lyon just leaned he leant into that and that played that role to perfection. It was very hard to impress. Oh, it's classic.
0: If you haven't checked out the video, um, go and look at it and go check out their uh, YouTube channel as well and uh, Instagram. There's millions of followers on that. So these guys are legit. They uh, do a good job of what they do and they're very, very funny. Um, We'll get stuck on though. We've got you on today because you're a Brisbane supporter. You're a Queensland boy born and bred and fan of the Brisbane Lions.
1: Yeah, well, I sort of fluctuated slightly when I came down and met you. I think half those years that I was living in Adelaide, it was uh, hard to be a Brisbane supporter at that stage. They weren't winning too many games, so yeah. um, I, I sort of, uh, you know, I was like, oh, hanging out with my mates, I'll, I'll get around the Adelaide Crows a little bit. I think at one stage I even bought an Adelaide Crows training singlet to wear to footy <laughs> training. Um, but deep down, always, always been a Brisbane man, uh, hanging on to the success of two thousand, <laughs> the early two thousands. <2000s. laughs> Well, it could be a good year for you guys,
0: because uh, I love some of your inclusions this year, and um, you know, I made it to the prelim, only needed one more game to get there, come up against Geelong, who were uh, very hard to beat uh, last year, so there could be the next level for the Brisbane Lions coming up, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, we're going to get stuck into the show here. So, um, before we begin, describe your fantasy game.
1: Well, my fantasy game is, uh, I guess, excitable character at the start of the season, very much into it. And this is my year. I'm going to win the car, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, and then typically around the buy, I've never got my buy strategy right. And yeah. then that has cooked me every year. And then I tend to lose interest. I'm a very poor loser, I guess. Uh, and so <laughs> as soon as I start slipping away down the down the charts, that becomes um, that becomes yeah probably where I need to have a look at myself and my commitment. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. The, uh, as long as you know a bit about the Brisbane Lions,
0: we'll, uh, we're more than happy to have you on board here. So it's all good. Um, yeah, the first a bit player, of a Brisbane Lions gonna...
1: snuff, so it should be all right there. Sorry. Awesome.
0: Awesome. All right, the first player, oh, sorry, we'll just kind of go over the premise. Um, we've changed the format in uh, this season. So we're talking about undervalued players first, then we're talking about some breakout contenders and some stash options. So we'll get all stuck right. into the undervalued players first. And the first one I want to talk about is Jared Lyons. So his value basically has by bottomed out uh, since his omission from the final side. I don't think this was common knowledge because I think I might have missed it, but he actually had osteitis pubis for a lot of last year and uh, missed a lot of footy. Um, well, sorry, yep. missed the footy towards the end of the year because of that. And he had I some surgery. Actually,
1: sorry? I think he actually played a lot of footy with that as well uh, yep. early in which it like, left a lot of people scratching their heads because he'd come off four years of being an absolute jet and then probably struggled a little bit throughout. Yeah, throughout last season until he eventually dropped out of the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, the thing is, he's had surgery in the off-season and he was actually spotted in Adelaide last weekend having a few uh, sodas um, (laughs) while the rest of his team was training up in Brisbane, so... Yeah, I don't really know where that sits for owners of Jared Lyons and people are kind of backing him to kind of bounce back in fantasy. And I guess the other issue as well is like he's not a walk-up starter, I don't think, anymore with the additions of Josh Dunkley and Will Ashcroft coming into the side as well. The thing is I do think he'll play at some stage if he can get the body right. And when he does play, he'll play in that midfield role because they tried him up forward last year and it didn't really eventuate, It didn't really work out for him. So he has to play on the inside if he does play. You know, through injuries and stuff like that, we saw Reece Matheson get a big chunk of the last end of the season because of injuries and necessity and stuff like that. I reckon there's still a chance he'll play. It's just that I reckon he slides down the rankings a little bit because of um, because of his injuries and um, yeah, being omitted from the finals. Do you reckon that's a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a great assessment. I'm interested by the all he was doing in Adelaide when, <laughs> when everyone else was training. I certainly <laughs> didn't know that, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very good assessment. You only have you don't have to look back very far to see. Where having him in your fantasy team was a very good thing, that's for sure, and particularly in draft leagues and, and things like that. So I don't I, I wouldn't be prepared to say, nah, he's gone, write him off, sort of thing, completely, because you know, he's pretty pretty class when he when he string games together and, and obviously in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of those players that yeah, he'll slide down your rankings and if you
0: can pick him up like as a bench option or something like that, and if he comes on later in the year, Bring him on and he could turn up for you every now and then. So, yeah, going to be undervalued this year. Not the fantasy star of past, but he'll be pretty handy in stages if he can get the body right, I think. Um, Charlie Cameron, you must love this guy being a Brisbane supporter, Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, Mitch, Mitch, who I do the podcast with, is my brother, uh, and it's his favourite footy player. I'm uh, not a great fantasy player, in fairness, um, <laughs> Mitch, but but it's his favourite footy player. I think mainly just for the yeah for the celebrations and the fact that he brings a new one every season. Yeah, it's very entertaining to watch. Well, Charlie Cameron's probably not the best fantasy
0: player either, or player for fantasy either, but I just think he's a player <laughs> worth owning. I I target him late in drafts. Year year after year, basically because he can often get on the end of a few goals. When he does that, he kind of bumps his scoring up a bit. Um, He scored 70 or above in eight matches last season. So I'd happily take that from one of my last pick forwards. So Charlie Cameron, not a sexy name in fantasy, but definitely use him when you've got friendly matchups because he can kick bags. Do you reckon any more to add to that?
1: Yeah, well, I, I was just gonna say, I think he's he's a little bit. When he goes good, he goes really good. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then there's other games where you like, is he playing? Uh, but yeah, but the the games where he does get plenty of the ball and, and kick a couple of goals early within the first quarter, they can be ones be like. Oh, this could be anything. This this score. Yeah,
0: he's what we call a streamer in uh, in draft. I don't know if you know the terminology that well, but uh, yeah, you stream him. You look at the matchups and you pick, you know, whether the, he's likely to kick a few goals and stuff like that, and you bring him on. So yeah, definitely a good streaming option. Um,
1: no, I haven't heard that terminology, but I will be stealing
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> no problems. Uh, don't get it confused with streaker, though, mate. That's completely different. Yeah, right? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, Reese Matheson is the next player I want to look at. I think he's way down the depth chart at Brisbane this year. I don't think it's too much of a look, but the interesting thing is he does have forward status in AFL fantasy. So AFL fantasy forwards are really hard to come by uh, this season. So, if he can do what he did last year and there's a few injuries late in the season or they need to rest a few players, he comes in goes straight into the midfield. He could be a really good addition to your forward line um, for a one or two, three rounds type thing and pump out a few good scores. And like last year, it kind of happened through fantasy finals. So he probably won a few, people, a few games and stuff like that. So he's one, another one I recommend picking up late and just uh, yeah, stashing him to when he does play. Having that forward status, he could be pretty handy. You'd love the beast mode, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I wish he got picked more, to be honest, For purely, again, probably for the entertainment factor rather than thinking about it (laughs) through a fantasy lens. But, uh, yeah, he's also – it feels like if he did get picked, he would go well in fantasy. Anytime that you see him go back and play in the twos, he rips up and he's sort of like too good for twos, hasn't quite cracked it in in AFL level yet, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's true. And we did mention just before that Ashcroft
1: and Dunkley does come in, so it does put him further back. But, geez, when I was actually – I, there was a lot of talk about him around that draft period, and the fact that he might be talking to other clubs. So I was sort of surprised to see him stay. To be fair, I thought other clubs would be interested in, in having his services. He's a pretty loyal
0: character, though I reckon as well. He's like a you know like a like a puppy dog or something. He just bloody loves being <laughs> around the boys. I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, <laughs> I think he's pretty content.
0: <laughs> uh, just to touch on a few quick ones: um, Jack Gunston uh, traded to Brisbane. I reckon he'll be their third option up forward with McStay gone. Um, Hippwood and Danaher are the ones that get most of the attention in the forward line, so Danaher um, might have to do some rucking as well at some stages because McStay was the backup option there for a bit. Um, but, yeah, when he does play, I think he can go. He can have certain games where he does score in the 70s. Um, Gunston may not be the fantasy beast as he was in the past, but I think not getting as much attention, being like the third string forward, he could be a handy pickup given that shortage of forwards that we talked about before. Are you happy with his inclusion?
1: Yeah, certainly happy, but probably more so from like a, a leadership perspective, and um, having, I guess, an experienced forward in that forward line. It's a I mean, maybe it's, uh, Joe Dunne has pretty pretty experienced, but he seems to frustrate Brisbane supporters at times uh, with his with his probably just I don't know. There's games where again you just sort of feel like he's not getting as much of the ball or crashing as many packs and stuff as he has in the past. So I think more excited about Gunson from a from an overall perspective of leadership and 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 coaching, which Chris Fagan seems to rely pretty heavily on those ex Hawthorn players coming up yeah, for the absolutely. last couple of years of their of their career. But uh, yeah, but more so probably taking your word from it from a fantasy perspective because I, I didn't even follow him that closely for the last couple of years while he was at the Hawks. So i would be interested to see how he goes. Yeah, he's been um,
0: pretty injured over the last couple of years. But like if you can get the body right and not being relied on as much like he was at Hawthorne over the last couple of years when they've um, been down in the dumps and stuff like that. So I reckon that could be like a real um, boost for him there. Um, Last one I'll touch on A few people just chatting about this one on Twitter Connor McKenna um, Ex-SN player Went back to Ireland for a bit Now back at Brisbane Um, Plays the right type of game for fantasy But he's never excited me in the past So he's just not really one I'm looking at I'm willing to look elsewhere But we'll move out to Sorry, move on to some breakout contenders Uh, The one for me that really excited me Through the finals was Darcy Wilmot Uh, You were at some of these finals, weren't you? When he was uh, debut What did you think of his debut?
1: Well, the first thing I noticed about him was he had two different coloured boots on, <laughs> which I found very strange. I know when we used to play footy, if someone did that, you'd be like, "This yep. guy needs a hiding." But uh, but then he he backed it up. He'd be you yeah, you got the. Crowd incredibly excited with just a. I think you notice how fast he is, uh, and then his ability to just well, he just wants to run and take on defenders and, and try and break lines. I guess it's pretty exciting to watch. <laughs> he
0: did, um, yeah. I think he got caught a couple of times, which is quite funny. But I love to see the uh, love to see the aggression and the uh, willing to take on the game there. I actually saw a clip that came out on socials today of him doing exactly the same thing. Really, just kind of. I think he crashed into a bin on the sidelines and then uh, ran around three players after that. So, yeah. Pretty interesting to see. Um, (laughs) But plays the right type of game for fantasy. Um, On that half back line, not afraid to take the game on, as we mentioned. Um, With a bit more experience under the belt and actually getting a game in the regular season, I think he could be one to watch for 23. Even if it doesn't eventuate, I think he's one to watch for the future because he's a good young player, just needs a bit of opportunity. And I think he's a breakout candidate for this year. Don't you think? Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I think that they will probably think he'll be pretty close to playing Early, Just because one of the criticisms that the Lions backline gets, gets, I guess, is for being too slow yeah. um, a lot of the time. So, Wilmot is certainly not that. Uh, And so if they are looking for some speed across that sort of half back line, which is what he was doing, uh, then I think that he'll be right in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm hoping he gets a game early because
0: he shows so much potential for fantasy. Uh, Next one, Kadeen Coleman. You could argue he's already broken out, but he didn't average over 80 last year just due to the injuries and stuff like that. So it doesn't really fit the breakout mold on the numbers. Yeah, missed a lot of 22 through injury. When he's fit and firing, he should comfortably average above 80. Did you see his season coming last year?
1: No, not at all. I was, there, I know there was always a lot of chat about how good of a kick he was. He got for sort of, they were talking about Daniel, uh, Daniel Rich, I think actually when we interviewed him talked about the fact that Kitty Coleman was like just an elite leg. And I'd probably must admit that when I, when I heard it, I was like, it took me by surprise, but I was like, oh, I can't even remember really sort of watching him, uh, sort of, sort of watching him play a great deal. And then this year he just killed it. So uh, yeah, obviously, Daniel Rich knows a lot more about footy than I do. <laughs> well, he's in the <laughs> inner sanctum. Which is hardly surprising. Yeah, yeah, he's in the inner sanctum,
0: so he's probably going to know the ins and outs. But uh, yeah, yeah. maybe our listeners uh, should start listening to your podcast a bit more to get some inside tips like that. Uh,
1: no, nah, I think that was, a, that, was a, that was a very one-off <laughs> thing. <laughs> it, was, it was really random. It wasn't even a question we asked. It just somehow came up in conversation. So obviously, Daniel Rich was very impressed by him. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, you know, there might be a few gems here and there. Um, yeah. We'll move on to the stash options
0: now. Oh, look, since what we're is the to stash? That, What's the stash mean? So the stash hey. means you—they're not going to be good this year, but yep. because it's in a keeper league, we can keep players from year to year. Um, oh, we're stashing in for the future. Nice. So I'm—I'm in two minds. I wanted to put this guy in the breakout category, but I'm going to keep him in the stash option, and that's Devin Robertson. So there's here's my reasoning. So we talked about Ashcroft. We talked about Dunkley. This guy. Probably needs to be an inside midfielder if he's going to be a good scorer. It's where he played his junior footy, all that sort of stuff. But he, in the finals, he played a lot on the wing and was actually really good, like um, scored pretty well. The the issue, I think, is with those new additions, we're going to see Jared Berry get pushed back out to the wing. He was playing in the midfield a bit more. And there is just such a glut of outside players vying for that other wing, essentially. And I'm just not sure between him, Archie... Uh, Answorth was playing there a bit later on in the season. I'm not sure who gets the nod. And it seemed like there was a fair rotation through those wings as well. So it might hinder his scoring a little bit, it might be up forward as part of that rotation. My personal opinion is I think he needs to go to another club to be a fantasy star because that, he needs to play in that inside role and he's not going to get it for a long time, I don't think. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone like West Coast, because he's the WA boy, comes knocking at the end of the year. And I think he's out of contract too at the end of this year. And if that happens and he goes there, he could be a real chance at being a fantasy star. So for that reason, I'm going to have him as a stash option and not a breakout option. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I, I like I like what you said there. I think I I really like watching him play. I really get excited every time I, I see his name on the team shirt. and probably not so much, but more for the, the future sort of prospect. Yeah. And sort of looking at, I know that when, you know, when I came back to Brisbane in 2018, I think I was a member that year and we won, the Lions won one game for, for that year. <laughs> but you know, Chris Fagan would go to every press conference and say, oh, you know, we got another game into Jared Berry and Humor Cluggage and and these young guys that they were picking at the time. And and now that humor Cluggage is uh, pretty impressive. Jared Berry obviously had a dominant game against Melbourne in, in that final last year. Yep. Uh, and, And I think Devin Robertson could be the same if they actually sort of picked him and stuck with him for 10 or 12 games in a row. I think that the development and how quickly he would improve and get up to the speed of the game would be, yeah, it would be very impressive. But I think you're right just with who they've brought in and, The fact that there's going to be minimal opportunities around the midfield, that it's going to end up being another club that actually reaps the rewards for his development, I think.
0: Yeah, hopefully for your sake, it doesn't happen. But for the fantasy um, owners out there, we're probably hoping it does happen at the end of the year. So, yeah, for that reason, stash option. But I would not be surprised if he gets a decent run into things. He could break out this year, but I just can't see it happening with the depth that you've got. That's all. Um, yeah. We'll move on to some listener questions next. Uh, so um, hopefully there's no curly ones in here for you, Lee, but uh, oh, geez, <laughs> we'll see okay. how we go. I I'll de- I'll definitely have yep. some thoughts, so don't stress too much. Um, I like this first one though, and you're probably the per- first perfect person to ask. Um, at Time Miller asks, are we going to win the flag <laughs> and by how much? I love the second part of the question, <laughs> by how much.
1: <laughs> um, oh, it's so hard because there's two sides of me, but there's like the the very passionate Brisbane man and then there's the slight realist, I guess. And uh, and I just feel like <laughs> – I think that, we again, we're going to be very, very good and around the mark and, and if you get everything right and play, you know, like they did against Melbourne, then – in that game and, and get those matchups right then there every chance of getting on a run and, and actually winning the final but I think yeah winning winning an AFL flag is obviously hard uh, there's some very good teams in there and it just feels like Brisbane are like so close but missing that little bit and obviously adding adding Dunkley in and stuff but I feel like the area where we were quite good is in the midfield and so I'm not completely convinced that we've patched up all the areas that are needed to be a premiership team. But uh, for the purpose of, yes, we are going to win it. Oh, I should have just said that. Yes, we'll win it. <laughs> Short answer, yes. Um, yeah. And by how much, you forgot that bit. Yeah, by how much. Oh, well, I mean, if we win it, then it's going to be just a, an absolute walk in the park. I'd say probably... Um, In the like nine goals. Okay, okay. Well, fair enough. That's quite a fair margin, but uh, I'll look yep. forward to the grand final day and seeing <laughs> if that uh, eventuates. Um, it's going to be one of those ones where the opposition supporters walk out of the ground early because they're just like, <laughs> nah, this sucks. I love the
0: predictions, love the predictions. Yeah. Um, at Junk Time Janitors, sorry, Janitors Time is his username. I know the username though. Um, is Zach Bailey ever going to be an 80 plus forward or is he just Will Snelling from a fantasy standpoint? So That basically means is he... Is he ever going to be a big averaging AFL fantasy player? Is he just going to be a tease, essentially? What do you think?
1: Uh, (laughs) No, I think... I actually owned Zach Bailey for quite some time last year yeah. and it was frustrating because he'd go for three games where you're like, oh, this is it, this is, this is the year and then the next game he'd get 16 or something. So yeah. um, I think he's always going to have the ability to hurt your feelings if you own him. <laughs> he's such a um, – I like that analogy. He's such yeah. a uh,
0: role-dependent player. Some weeks he'll get lots of time on the midfield. Some he gets stuck up forward and he goes up and down. I keep talking about these additions to the midfield though, but I think it just pushes, pushes him further back and unfortunately spends more time forward, which isn't great for his fantasy scoring. That's the issue. Um, at Leckdog asks, Daniel Rich, question mark? Daniel Rich, full stop. Um, mm-hmm. I think that
1: just meant to be, can Daniel
0: Rich go again Bet, this season? Go again. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, if he takes the kick out, that's always a good start. <laughs> well. Because <laughs> uh, he plays on every time. Correct. So that's nice. Uh I think they'll keep picking him, to be honest. So I don't think like game, game time will be any issue because uh, otherwise I don't think he would have hung around again for this year if he felt like he was sort of on the outer, then I think it may potentially have been, well, I'll hang him up now. Yeah. So I don't think game time is any issue. Yeah, and, and I don't know. He does seem to get a lot of the ball. So
0: I've done a bit of um, analysis here because the next two questions are um, at AJS Hawker asks, uh, Noah Answorth, is he the new Rich? And then um, DJ for Brooks wants to know Noah Answorth's role. So I'm kind of combine this all into one kind of answer. But um, yeah. look- Like you just mentioned, if Answorth takes 65% of the kick-ins, then maybe he could be Daniel Rich. But, yeah, that were the numbers last year, 65%. So you're bang on with those kick-in numbers. And because he's not the fastest mover, I think, and he's got such a good leg, I think he offers more value kicking the ball in than he does receiving it. So I think Daniel Rich isn't going to lose those kick-ins. So that's a huge avenue for fantasy scoring there. So I'm happy with that. In terms of Answorth, though, how do you rate him as a player?
1: Well, I just don't think, I don't see how Answorth can be the new Daniel Rich based purely on disposal. Like, I, I just don't think that they're ever going to give him as much responsibility uh, kicking out from, from defence as what they give to Daniel Rich, I guess. I think he is a super – Answorth, Rich. Yeah, yeah. Answorth seems more like that sort of hassle, like hassling, defending type of player who's, you know, really good at sort of lockdown roles. And But I don't think he's ever going to be mentioned in the same breath in terms of his. Disposal efficiency, I guess.
0: The interesting thing about Answorth, if you watch closely through the finals, he spent a lot of time on the wing as well. Mm. So, and he was part of that wing rotation and kind of rotating back as well. But, like, this included so many players like Robertson, Archie, Pryor. And we talked about Barry before. Barry's going to come back out into that wing, no worries. And if you look at their defence, you've got um, you've got Kadeen Coleman, you've got Daniel Rich, who I can't see going anywhere. In fact, I can see him going harder because he wants that flag in his retirement year. Um, I think yeah. he'll be all in this year essentially for it. Um, then you've got Wilmot coming through. Then you've got your key tools. You've got Stasevich's – you you have to have him in your defence because he's locking down – he plays that hybrid role so well. Like, I just don't see where he fits in that defence to be the new Daniel Rich And I see him more part of the wing kind of rotation there with some stints in defense um, because teams do seem to kind of rotate their wings a lot these days, I've noticed. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think it just hurts him fantasy-wise. So, I'm not big on Answorth, but him having defender status and then going into the midfield could result in some nice scores this year. It's just the future prospects. If he's a full-time midfielder only averaging between 70 and 80, I don't love it, that's all. You reckon that's fair? No.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's really fair. I think he's almost like that sort of at the moment and, and not forever, but at the moment feels a little bit like the bits and pieces kind of player when, when someone gets injured then they'll use him to cover whatever spot that might be, whether wing or, or slipping back in defence. But it doesn't seem like he's sort of out and out, locked down a spot in, in the best 22. Yeah, I tend
0: to agree. Um, at Mortard asks, uh, Harry Sharp, can he fill a wing role at Brisbane? Do you know much about Harry Sharp?
1: Yeah, I know he wins every 2K time trial and whatever. He's the best runner in the group. But I, 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 again, I think at full strength, he struggles to play this year. He was um, actually picked
0: as a 17-year-old to debut um, in his first game. of right. game, But we never really <laughs> yeah. seen him since. So there must be some potential there, but I'm just not sure if it translates to fantasy. He might be one of those
1: better athletes than footballers, I tend to yeah. think maybe. Gun athlete. That's fine. And he won it again this year in the 1st yeah. preseason That was like one of the first posts that the, the Brisbane Lions put up. But so there's no questioning of his uh, aerobic capacity. But how, how that transitions to getting picked in a footy team, we we probably haven't seen a lot of. his minimal opportunities so far. Yeah, I think there's way more players ahead of him that will get a go on the wing um, than Harry Sharp.
0: Maybe as like a smaller forward or smaller defender role, maybe, but. Even then, I still think it's far away. Um, last one is um, – we've kind of talked about this already, but at Fantasy Gun AFL, he asks, um, Jared Berry, is he a keeper now with their new recruits? I feel like I just can't justify it anymore. For, for me, in terms of the keeper um, keeper league perspective, like if he's your worst midfielder, you're doing okay. Um, he'll round out your midfield still fine. He'll get you 80 every second week type thing, playing on that wing. It won't be as nice as when he's playing the inside role and putting up those big scores – but like if you have to drop someone like Jared Berry, you're doing pretty well. That's my assessment.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that, yeah, you, you're in a good position if you're worried about him as, you, as in your midfield. I think that he's still very, very highly regarded and respected across a number of roles. He's uh, The only thing that hurts with him is he also seems to be the number one pick when they need to stop someone. Yeah. Uh, like the Clayton Oliver last year. But then even when he played that tagging role, he actually seemed, it seemed to take him closer to the ball and get him to better spots sometimes. Yeah.
0: It's funny that happens to some players. So, and he's seemed to be one of those yeah. players who can, you know, still score well when he's doing those accountable roles as well. So yeah, like I'm keeping Jai Caldwell, who I'd rather Jared Berry um, ahead of him. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like drop him if you have to, but he still offers something for me. Anyways, uh, we might wrap it up in a sec, but uh On your podcast, Lee, you guys are notorious for telling jokes. You were actually asked – well, we talked about this before. You were asked to tell jokes to the Australian cricket team. So, just wondering, do you have any good uh, (laughs) AFL slash football related jokes?
1: Well, I think because I was uh, in – I think because I was in – Adelaide and Brisbane were terrible. I like always used to be the the butt of like the you know a, a lot of AFL jokes. I feel like a very uh, they're put downs to clubs. You know <laughs> where, we we used to get like the people just ask me like what's the what's the difference between a firefighter and the Brisbane lines A firefighter knows how to climb the ladder and stuff like that. And then there was like a, a Fremantle. There's the Fremantle ones like what's the only ship that hasn't docked at Fremantle? the premiership, premiership yep <laughs> yeah Um but I think my favourite my go to AFL joke which it doesn't even really like check out to be honest like it, it would be better if they played for the same team so that it made more sense but um, did you hear that Nat Fife uh, actually lost his brown though nah it didn't No, yeah. someone's gonna have to nick Natanui <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's terrible <laughs> did you make that up <laughs>
1: No, no I don't think so oh, maybe actually no I think I'll, I don't know I've told it a few times whenever I'm in AFL circles and it's never gone down very well but I keep backing it in yep maybe one day it'll have its breakout. yeah <laughs> one day one day anyways thanks heaps for joining us Lee Um,
0: is there anything you want to plug um, where can listeners find your stuff find you all that sort of jazz
1: yeah, well, we've actually uh, simplified the process now. So everything is just at We Got The Chocolate. So you can find us obviously wherever you get your podcasts, if that's Apple or Spotify. That We'll put the full thing up on YouTube as well. And then there's plenty of other content that goes on YouTube. That's at We Got The Chocolates as well. And then Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok. Oh, we got the chocolates too. (laughs) Uh,
0: Same thing for us, basically, uh, at Keeper League Pod on the exact same social. So if you want to follow us as well, uh, please get around that. But uh, also, yeah, if you want to support the show, please sign up as a member also. Anyways, thanks again, Lee, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Can't wait, man. Thank you so much, Ev. Thanks, mate.